part of the passage that was mentioned at the end of the video. Uh, Romans 10 and verse 6 says, But the righteousness which is of faith speak upon this wise, say not in thine heart, who shall ascend into heaven, that is to bring Christ down from above, or who shall descend into the deep, that is to bring up Christ again from the dead. But what say of it? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thy heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture saith, Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek, for the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah saith, Lord, who hath believed our report? So that faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. But I say, have they not heard? Yes, verily their sound went into all the earth, and their words unto the ends of the world. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you for your blessing upon your word. And we just pray, Lord, for the blessing on the delivery of your word this morning. In Christ's name I ask. Amen. Gospel is precious. You know, this passage is part of what um, many um, of us call um, Romans Road. Um, um, and there's several different passages in Romans that um, just really give a clear gospel um, presentation. And we, we see that, that, that it talks about how that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, that, that salvation is based on a confession of faith, not of works, but of a, of a belief in thine heart that God raised him from the dead, and says, Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. That when one places um, their faith in Christ, that it's not something you're going to be ashamed of. That, that they have um, a trust in them, and people can mock them, and they're going to live and not be ashamed um, of it. And the Bible says it, um, it is the same Lord over all. That, that there's no difference between the Jew and Greek. That it doesn't matter what culture someone comes from. It doesn't matter what might, there might be some other kind of religion in another culture, but the gospel is still the same to repent and put your faith in Jesus Christ to cast away the idols and to worship God himself, to put your faith in Christ himself. And he's the Lord of all. 
All the Apostle Paul talks about those that would bow down and worship other gods, and then he says, who are no other? They're, they're, they're not real gods. They're stone. They're, they're um, it's gold. It's silver. But it's not a true God. And he says, even them need to turn and come to faith in Christ. I remember a few years ago reading an article from an atheist. And he said, even as an atheist, I believe Africa needs God. The God uh, that Africa needs Christians sending missionaries here. They says Coca-Cola comes, Pepsi comes, and they offers them a beverage that they're not used to, but they enjoy. But he goes, you still have Coca-Cola and tribes just killing people with machetes. That it didn't bring any change to their life. It just gave them a new drink. But he said, when the Christians come and they preach the Bible, that true life transformation happens. Yeah. And then the culture ends up shifting and changing it. You know, we're taught in our schools, like, oh, don't change the culture. Well, a culture of death? Mm -hmm. A culture of oppressing the people? No, that, that should be changed. And stuff. Now, there may be some things that are maybe different. You know what? Maybe the style of clothes they wear. Okay? You know what? I'm pretty sure probably need. They're probably not all wearing suits like I'm wearing. However, you see, if you look at their legs, they really dress up. They have, like, the most colorful dresses. It's like, man, maybe you should import dresses from there. Um, they're beautiful dresses. They, they really take their clothing seriously with what few resources that they do have. But um, there's going to be some things that maybe culturally are different, but the gospel message is needed for every single culture for there to be salvation. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't matter Jew, Gentile, um, whatever um, place they're from, they need the gospel. And it is by which how then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? Like, how are you going to call upon God if you don't even believe in him? As the, the question that is asked, and how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? How are they going to believe the gospel that, if they haven't heard? Now, I'm thankful they know that Jesus said, If I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. And it says that he is the light that has entered the world that lights every man. Dangerous the world. So God does give a measure of light to everybody, but he's called us to be the ones that give the direct revelation of the word of God so they can see the light clearly and not just wonder who is that unknown God, but that God can be known to them. But how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And as the Bible says, faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. You know, sharing testimonies are wonderful. Sharing about how you got saved. But what's important and vital to include in that is to use the word of God. It's the word of God that converts the sinner, not just someone's testimony. Someone's testimony is just maybe it's like it opens the window to make sure that it's personal, that you personally were saved, but you want to point people to the Word of God and not simply man's opinion. 
Faith comes by hearing, and hearing the word of God. Jesus said, I said therefore unto you, that ye shall die in your sins, for if ye believe not that I am he, ye shall die in your sins. And yes, Jesus came not to condemn the world, it's the world was already condemned. That's why Jesus came to see and to save that which was lost. Our theme um, for the year, um, that the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. And that he's commissioned us likewise in that commission. Um, um, the John warns, flee the wrath to come. Um, in Mark 9, 48, it says, speaking of hell, where the worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched. The Bible talks about hell was, um, was prepared for the devil and his angels. But man by his own choice, by his own rebellion against God, his sin brings him to the same place. But yet God in his love has made a way for us to have salvation. And then knows the Bible says in the beginning of Romans 10, and how shall they preach except they be sent? That's why we send missionaries. That's why we support missionaries that maybe they're being sent out of another even a Baptist church and, and we help support them in their mission field. Because how are they going to hear if there's no preacher? How is there going to preacher going to be there if they're not sent? That it takes financial resources to send um, missionaries over there. Many times, some missionaries in some places are unable to do any work that would bring an income over there. Now, sometimes if there's a specific skill, maybe like able to teach English. Um, sometimes there maybe are some ways to help them be a part of the culture as far as ministering to them in those ways. But it's the commission of the church. To send missionaries. And I want you to imagine this. Imagine if we were the first century church. And missions depended all upon us. And I'm speaking in, in the flesh. Okay, It's all about God. It's all about His Spirit. Without His Spirit, we're futile. We are useless. Okay, But say that God had chosen us as the first church to be the church that would spread the gospel around the world. Okay, if you were that for sure, if missions depended only on our local church in Alabama, would we maybe be more involved in missions? If the whole world was not going to know the gospel, if we just stayed here, would we be maybe more active? Would we maybe be working harder on training people from within our local church to go start churches elsewhere? And equipping and teaching them to lead people to the Lord, to baptize them, and then teaching them to observe everything else that Christ commanded. I think we would see maybe more how vital and important it is, but we do see them in the first church in Jerusalem. Uh, they got complacent. Now, they were preaching the gospel. They were preaching the word of God. But you remember, Jesus told them to go to Jerusalem and go elsewhere. We'll read there soon. But they abided in Jerusalem. And so God sent a persecution 
God uses the hands of wicked people to even accomplish his will. He had this persecution come that forced the church to scatter. But we see they did make a difference. But it starts in our local hometown as far as being here. The light that shines the brightest shines the brightest. The light that shines the furthest shines the brightest at home. You know, several years ago, you know, I met Bro right there in the back. You can raise your hand, Bro. Met him. You know what year it was? Uh, Twenty thirteen. All right. So I was here for one year um, at that time. Just met him in Burger King. Um, we had an after church fellowship. I was wearing my suit in Burger King, and uh, he came and just was uh, um, talked to me and said, "Hey, I see you dress up. Where are you going? Do you go to like, church?" Um, and I was like, yeah, yeah, actually, we just came, um, got out of church, and and, uh, and I asked him, I go, hey, do you know what, do you know um, that heaven would be your home, and stuff, and he's like, oh, I, I don't know for sure, I would hope so, I think I'm a pretty good person, and so, you know, well, you mind if I show you from the word of God how you can know for sure, and we use this passage in Romans, I didn't know he was going to be here today. Well, I would use this passage in Romans to show him how he could place his faith in Christ. And there in Burger King, other people walking around, people are working. I'm giving him the gospel, and he calls upon Christ and says, I believe with my heart, Jesus. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. And he got saved that day. Just in the Burger King. Using the word of God. Yeah. And now he's gone married, and they um, have a baby, um, Libby, right? All right. So I'm well blessing that is. But you see, it starts here, but then we got to branch out and continue to give the gospel um, to other people. Now, and, um, as far as in English, uh, I was doing some research on statistics. Um, what I noticed is speaking English natively. The CIA World Factbook is from years ago said 4.83% speak English fluently as their first language. The Swedish Encyclopedia um, in, of 2007 says 5.52% speak English. Um, two years ago, I read another um, report and it said 4.6% speak English natively. Now, as far as learning English, it's another language, it's a trade language, um, it, it jumps up to around 17%. But that's still very low as far as folks that speak English. And so if you think about it, and I look at some other statistics, 90% of the world's Christians come from the 4.6% who speak English natively. Whoa. 94% of the ordained ministers in the world serve the 4.6% who speak English. 96% of churches' income is spent among the 4.6% who speak English. Think the harvest is great out there? That there is a need? That Jesus said that the harvest is plenteous, it's white in the harvest? Pray that the Lord would send forth laborers. 
know, another missionary, he recently passed away, but um, Jim Bloom, he's also a missionary to Papua New Guinea. <clears throat> um, he was a pilot, and he flew from village to village, preaching and uh, um, preaching in different places and transferring other missionaries from one village to another um, village. And the winds are dangerous there. Uh, most pilots don't end up living very long. Most of the pilots end up dying um, while they were flying. Some kind of random storm picks up. Um, and so most of them don't live very long. Even a village on top of a mountaintop, um, um, they, they were, went there. A family asked them to start a Baptist church in that village. And um, there was only a Catholic mission school there. And so they started landing there on Sundays as weather permitted. And it was a whole year before there was one convert to the gospel. Um, but then after that one convert, more started to get saved. Sometimes it just takes that first one. Some same thing kind of with family. Sometimes you reach one person in the family, and that might trickle to others in the family. It could become contagious, so to speak. But um, opposition was beginning to heat up from the Catholics um, that were there. Uh, and um, one, one, one clear calm Sunday as they were preparing to land uh, on this mountaintop to preach the gospel some more and continue to disciple people, um, the sky at the time was ultra smooth. And so they were about, they were went, made plans to go fly. Well, all of a sudden there was a violent storm and the wind almost pushed them right into the rocks of the mountain, right on the side of a mountain. Um, thankfully, you know, the Lord allowed Jim Boom to be able to um, land somewhere else, but they're like, you know what, it's not worth trying to make another chance. The, the, the storm is awful. We're not going to be able to go um, this week. So they went to another village and preached the gospel there. And so they, they preached, um, people got saved, and, and then um, they, they eventually um, flew back to their home. Um, in Papua New Guinea, and in the next landing, they went back to the one city town that they went where, where already had a church established at. Uh, but um, they, they went back to the mountain a few weeks later, and then some of their friends came up to them and told them that an ambush had been set up to kill him if he had landed that day. Oh, okay. Then you know what? God knows all things. God guides things even the winds, a storm to protect these missionaries. What had happened was a track that was printed was being passed out. And this wasn't even one of their own tracks. It was some other group's track. But it talked about uh, um, a girl that was Catholic, but then she got saved and became a Christian. And the Catholics were upset about that. And so there they were trying to kill this missionary because they're the only missionary they knew of that was coming to that area. But you know, sometimes people worry about um, going somewhere afar, like Papua New Guinea, and they're like, what, what about safety? You know, God has not called us just to abide comfortable and to be safe. But the reality is we are safer in the middle of God's will in the middle of some dangerous, hostile territory than we are in Napa outside of the will of God. Yeah. Hey, I'm 
I'm not saying this outside world, God, for you and me and Apple, okay? God told me it's your will to be here. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. You know, I don't want to bless them that way. But you know what? There may be some that God has called to go out. And maybe you don't know what God's ultimately called you to yet, but you could read the Word of God and follow what the Bible says. And there's so many times, you know, God said, this is the Word of God. Uh, this is the will of God. This is the will of God that you abstain from fornication. This is um, the will of God, and the list goes on and on. You follow the will of God is revealed in Scripture. God will guide and lead in the things that maybe are unknown to you at the moment. Thank God the Lord sent that way to save their life. Um, there are over 100 people I believe even to this day that are meeting in that church on that mountain. Like in the first century church, Christ gave the words, teach all nations, baptize, and teaching them to observe all things. Go ahead and turn to Acts chapter 1. Acts 1, again, imagine, receive these words as if it was written to us, um, as far as if we were the first century um, church. Uh, Acts chapter 1, verse 6. When they therefore were come together, they asked of them, saying, Lord, wilt thou, thou at this time restore again the kingdom of Israel? Israel was focused on, they wanted their Messiah to come in, rule, and reign, and you know what? To get the Romans out. They were focused on what to them was what was the end time fulfillment. We likewise get similar, and where we're like, when is the sign of his coming? When is Jesus coming again? And you go across sea conferences, or you see people writing books about the four blood moons. And I remember when that came out, it's like, you know what? There's nothing going to be of this. But they were trying to make it that within that year, the Lord was going to be coming back. And, oh, did it happen? No. But that guy made a lot of money, you know, from Christians that happened to be gone. Okay? Yes, Jesus did say there would be signs, you know, but he said, really, there's going to be one sign. That is no Jonah was in the belly of the well three days and three nights, so shall the Son of Man be in the heart of the earth and would rise again the third day. That's the only sign we need. Yes, the Bible does talk about, okay, the big signs of the latter days, but that's not to be our focus. Now, I enjoy, you know what, listening and reading about Bible prophecy, but that's not to be our focus. Look what Jesus says here. And he said unto them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power. But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, <clears throat> and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem, so it's using the word both to say, okay, Jerusalem, that's where they live. That's their homeland. But it goes also, and in all Judea, and in Samaria, and unto the uttermost part of the earth. And when he had spoken these things, while they beheld, he was taken up, and the cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, 
But she also said to me, men of Galilee, why stand you gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus which is taken up from you into heaven shall so come in like manner as ye have seen him go into heaven. So he wasn't they went with the old angels there. He's coming back. But Jesus said, here's the message. It's not so much about what's going to happen in the end times. Now, it's that important. Yeah, the Bible writes about it. Okay? The Bible wouldn't write about it if it was not important. But that's to show the urgency of to be witnesses of Christ. <clears throat> to tell people about their need of the gospel for salvation. But you see, in the first church, the gospel did spread rapidly, very quickly. You know, it, it says you get wrong sin, but I say, have they not heard? Yes, verily, their sound went into all the earth, and their words unto the ends of the world. Why would I tell you that the message is spread? It went unto the ends of the world. First Thessalonians 1 Thessalonians 1.7 says, So that you were in samples to all that believe in Macedonia and Achaia, for from you sounded out the word of the Lord, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but also in every place your faith to God were to spread abroad, so that we need not to speak anything. He's like saying, okay, the church Jerusalem, they started churches, and now these churches are starting churches. And it's like, when I go and preach the gospel in these places, they already heard, because you were involved as a church. Wouldn't that be amazing, you know, to go somewhere, go preach the gospel somewhere, and we find out, oh, wow, they already heard. Praise the Lord. So we just keep on going. There's many places they have not heard. But we see in this first century, they were so active in missions, it was everywhere. They spread the gospel. Romans 1.8 says, First I thank my God through Jesus Christ for you all, that your faith is spoken of throughout the whole world. Given again in abundance that around the world they have heard of the faith that resides in you. Um, Colossians 1, 5 and 6 and verse 23 talks about how the gospel was preached unto every creature. And that's 17. Um, the people were, some of you were getting upset and saying, these are they that have turned the world upside down. Now, really, they turn that upside up, okay? But to an upside-down world, okay, to them, it is being turned upside-down. But we see there, they had such an evangelistic zeal, it turned the world upside-down. The first century church fulfilled the Great Commission. This they did without a printing press. Without TV, without radio, without automobiles, and without planes. And yet the gospel message spread throughout. And you could read of some of the missionary journeys in Acts. You could read um, history from the first, second, third century about different people. That, um, tradition, history shows that the Ethiopian eunuch, he went back and preached and started churches um, in Ethiopia. And, and so the gospel was spread. Um, it is estimated that by the, it was either the second or the third century that the Bible had been translated into 500 languages. 
500 lane users by the second, third century. And then there was an effort to burn many of these different ancient versions, translations into other languages. And, and the Catholic Church, by the fourth century, wanted every surreptitious in Latin. But there were still Christians spreading around the Word of God. Um, churches were still being started. Jesus said that, that um, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. You know, we're not trying to restore the true church. God's church has been here throughout the centuries. Uh, and um, preaching um, the word, uh, um, but um, the gates of hell still will not prevail against it. But we need to be preaching the gospel. Four ways to participate in the Great Commission. Be willing to know yourselves as a missionary to another <clears throat> land. <clears throat> I've heard um, <clears throat> different variations of this story with different people, and um, I think it, it might have perhaps originated, someone maybe heard about it from Maybe this one. This is the earliest one I'm aware of. Um, many years ago, during the worship in a little church, um, as the ushers were returning to the front with the offer, and a small boy tugged at the sleeve of one of the men, whispering, Please put the plate down on the floor. And as shocked and perplexed, the usher followed, and to further complicate matters, the little boy stepped in that offering it was his way of saying, I give my whole life to you, not just the coins in my pocket, but my time, strength, and all the days of my life. That boy was none other than Robert Mufat, who became a pioneer missionary to Africa and would be the father-in-law of missionary David Livingston. Another story is told of Gordon Maxwell, a missionary to India, that when he asked a Hindu scholar to teach him the language, the Hindu replied, No, Sadeh. Sadeh was their way of saying, an honorary master. No, Sadeh, I will not teach you my language. You would make me a Christian. Lord and Maxwell replied, You misunderstand me. I am simply asking you to teach me your language. And the Hindu responded, No, Sudan, I will not teach you. No man can live with you and not become a Christian. Mm. What a testimony that man would have. That Hindu was so afraid that he would get saved if he completely understood it and if he taught him the language. Be willing to go. Sometimes maybe it's a short-term mission trip, but maybe some God would call to be planted, to stay and abide somewhere, is a missionary. Be willing to pray for them. We really pray for our missionaries. Read the letters that we have. Um, and I'll try to do a better job of, you know, after we read them from the pulpit, emailing them um, to the church. But pray for them. Communicate with them. Give them words of encouragement. Now, Proverbs 25, 25 says, It's cold waters to a thirsty soul, so it is good news from a far country. Be willing to give financially to support those who do go as missionaries. Uh, you read in Philippians chapter 4, verses 10 to 20, we see that a church supported Paul consistently. Ten years had passed, 
um, since Paul's ministry in Philippi, um, which had resulted in the founding of the church in that city. The Philippians had generously supported him when he left Philippi to minister in the Macedonian cities of Thessalonica and Berea. And then when Paul moved to south to Achaia, the Philippians continued their support as he ministered in Athens and Corinth. But as the years passed by, they, um, they lacked opportunity. Paul says, you know what, you would have given again, but you lacked opportunity. I don't know if this is speaking of maybe they were going through a financial hardship and were unable to give. I don't think that was the reason, though, because we see many of them, it says, even in their deep poverty, gave unto the Lord, um, gave unto the needs of the um, missionaries and uh, of continuing to spread the gospel out. But there must have been, maybe there was a loss of communication. Uh, maybe they lost contact. And um, they would have, but they lacked opportunity. But he's speaking of how benevolent that church was in verse 8. It's why I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at the last your care of me have flourished again. Wherein you were also careful, but you lacked opportunity. That, you know what they wanted to before, but they lacked opportunity at that time, but now they had opportunity again, and they were helping to support Paul in his mission endeavors. The Bible talks about that fruit. He says that fruit may abound to your account. And you know, when we pray for missionaries, when we give toward missionaries, God holds that to our account. And when we don't do it, God holds that to our account of not um, um, doing so. Now, not for our salvation. Our salvation is saved through Christ alone, by faith. But the Bible does talk about rewards in heaven. Some will be that with a stubble that it burns up in the fire, They're maybe with impure motives. Um, or maybe it really the lack there, or there's like precious stones um, that are able to endure the fire. Faith missions give. Faith missions give. Maybe we'll get our offering involved. There's a spot for missions, and I more call it faith missions given instead of faith promise. I'm uh, just not a big one in like trying to make a vow. You know, when you make a vow, and then you know you lose your job the next week. And you know, the Bible says simply when you're yay be yay and your name be nay. And so it's just more of like, hey, faith missions given. That, hey, God, by your grace, this is what we're going to plan. I'm trying to give on either a weekly, bi-weekly, or monthly basis to be able to support missionaries directly. And then you try, and you do your best. Like maybe if it's saying, you know what, I'm going to work some overtime hours, and it's going to be dedicated towards this, or a portion of it dedicated toward it. Or maybe you're going to take on a little side jobs and say, hey, you know, we're going to do this as a family to um, support this missionary need for the kids in New Guinea. And then we get to know them. But, you know, you give by faith. I remember one time this, when I was in Bible college, and, you know, it didn't have any money at all then. Not that you make a whole bunch as a pastor either, but, um, but you know, this church does really care for us. And, but that's where, you know what, I work another job um, to help supply. That's what we see the Apostle Paul did. You know, he was a tent maker. He had to work with his own hands and stuff. But as a Bible college student, definitely had no money. And had he had college bills. And I remember my grandpa gave me a $50 bill. And he goes, just save this for emergencies. 
Okay, you saved this for emergencies. And I remember going to church one day, and um, it was about missions, and I just really felt like the Lord was convicting me to give that emergency fund, that $50 bill, to the mission, missions need. I don't remember what the missions need was, but I just really felt like that. I was like, I hear my grandpa's voice saying, this is for emergencies. It's like, well, this is an emergency. This is a need. It may not be my emergency, but it's somebody's emergency. And trusted God um, with that. And then the next day in the mail, I got a check for $50. Somewhere I wasn't expecting. And then the next day after that, got another $50 check in the mail. It's like, wow, man, is this going to happen the rest of my life? It did, it did. Um, but the third day, I got a job. Okay, I was in college and got a job. But it's like, wow, you know what? God gave me more money to put back in my emergency fund in my wallet. Uh, and, and so, you know, you just trust God by faith, and God takes care of those needs. You know, the Bible is true when it says, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. May our heart be for missions. Be to support missions, support missionaries, to get the gospel out. That's our primary purpose of the church, you know, to glorify Christ through teaching, preaching the gospel, giving the word of God. To give a new mission to the church is a priority. All too often, good people are under the assumption that things just happen. Um, but the real truth is that great things are accomplished through hard work, sacrifice, and giving. That is certainly true when it comes to missions. Someone had to be willing to go. The local church had a sin. And many people to be willing to support the effort. And then we see Paul tells the church that built by is having faith that God would supply all of your needs and that he had a faith God would supply all of his needs. Also, again, remember, be willing to share the gospel with those who come in contact with around you, locally. After one of Dwight L. Moody's meetings, the local motive engineer came forward and said he had decided to become a missionary to a foreign country. Moody asked him if his fireman was a Christian. He said, I don't know. The El Moody said, well, why don't you start with your fireman first? You know what? Before thinking about way over there, talk about those that are around. Share the gospel with him. When you find out, then you know, maybe pray about that. I remember um, Neil Arnold, Neil and Betty Arnold, um, they were started coming to our church years ago. He passed away, um, I think, within a year of coming to our church. Um, it's not saying everyone's going to die if you've been here for a year, okay? So don't start to worry. But uh, I remember his last words to me um, were along the lines. Of, he said, I'm looking forward to being with the Lord. I just wish I'd be able to be here longer a blessing to this church. So, but God is going to bless the church. It is going to be a lighthouse in all of Lewis County. I'll be in heaven waiting for you. And I remember the first week he started coming, he asked for tracks. And he was already saying baptized at the previous church, but he started coming here. And first Sunday, he said, hey, do you guys have any tracks? I'm having a garage sale, and I'd like to have them available in my garage sale. 
cared for souls. And he told me he did not want to have a memorial service. And I told him, well, it's not always just about you. It's kind of for the family. And he's like, all right. He goes, if there is a chance someone might get saved, then go ahead and have the memorial service. So I hey, you can use that, preach the gospel, go ahead and have it. Go ahead and open to Revelation 7, and we'll, or Daniel. Daniel 7, we'll close right here. Get Revelation 7 and Daniel chapter 12. Revelation 7 says, After this, in verse 9, After this I beheld and lo a great multitude, which no man could number, of all nations and kindreds and peoples and tongues, stood before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes and palms in their hands, and crying with a loud voice, saying, Salvation to our God, sit upon the throne, and unto the Lamb. See, here's victory. Here's the victory of the church under the operation of the Holy Spirit and being successful in evangelism. You know, sometimes skeptics will ask, like, oh, what about the people that never hear the gospel? Well, you know what? There's a truth. There's the only truth to that. Because the Bible does say, how shall they hear and set someone here to spread the word of God to them? That's true. But we see, you know what? The church in spreading the gospel. We see people from every tribe, of all nations, of all people, of all tongues, at the throne of God, worshiping Him. I'd like our church to be a part of that, to be there, of reaching the gospel to other to people, unreached people groups, and people that maybe they heard the gospel, but they didn't get saved yet, but giving them another opportunity of preaching the gospel. How many of them will be there because we shared the gospel with them? So many people there on that day. And it may be because of someone you've witnessed. And I'm not trying to say this to guilt, okay? Now, sometimes guilt's good, okay? Guilt could be like, hey, okay, I feel convicted. Who this who maybe isn't there because we haven't spread the gospel, okay? There's element of truth for that too. But I want to encourage you that, you know what, get the gospel out. And let's see how many people we could see that will be there that day worshiping the Lord. Because one, it's all of God, but God used in you. I want to be used of the Lord. I want our church to be used of the Lord. Daniel 12, 3 says, And they that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament, and they that turn many to righteousness is the stars forever and ever. Have no desire to be a star in this world, but to be a star in that world. You know, advice to shine is the brightest of the stars. That is a sign simply that you are faithful to giving the gospel to as many as you turning many to righteousness. And may God use missionary Kenny Cat. Bible talks about that may be through that balance to your account by supporting other missionaries, Eddie Mills, John McDaniel, to the Indians, Eddie Mills to China. May God use this. Let's go ahead and pray. Have a time of invitation. Some music plays. Maybe just pray and ask God. How can I be involved in supporting our mission?
Maybe saying, Lord, I'm willing to go if you would call me to go. But if God, if you've called me to be here, to be faithful in my local New Testament church, call me to be able to support other missionaries in do And help me, Lord, to have the boldness to speak to my neighbors, to my friends, to my co-workers, 